Good evening, high school football fans. This is High School Football America for July 23rd, 2015. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and founder and editor-in-chief of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Welcome to year number five. We are just so happy uh, that we have uh, reached this point with the show uh, on the Artist First Radio Network and here on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Over 65,000 downloads is what each show averages. And I want to thank uh, Scott Z and the team there at Artist First uh, back in Ohio for making this show oh so popular. We're excited. The first show back on July 21st. 2011, and you can hear that show by going to our archives on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com or ArtistFirst.com. All of the shows there for you. We've had some of the greatest guests in uh, in uh, high school football history and over the uh, last four years on the show, and we thank everybody that's joined us. The list is a who's who list. You can actually see it on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com, and we've got a big show tonight for you, a couple of good guests uh, talking with uh, Chris Wolf, whose team, Male High School, out of Kentucky. Kentucky won the National Select 7-on-7 passing tournament last weekend, and uh, Male High School, the fourth all-time winningest high school football program in America. Chris Wolf has done a great job there with the Bulldogs, and we'll talk about that. And we'll get ready for the uh, release of our High School Football America preseason top 25 a week from this Saturday on August 1st. One of the teams that will be in it, they've been uh, near the top. Last couple of years running with our uh, proprietary algorithm, St. John Bosco out of California, Jason Negro, the head coach there. That's his uh, alma mater. He's done a great job with the Braves, and he will be joining us on the show to talk about what should be a fantastic year in Southern California for the Braves as they uh, get ready to challenge in the very, very tough CIF Southern section, Pac-5 division, and maybe a run back to uh, the state championship. They won the uh, state championship a couple of years ago, defeating De La Salle. And, of course, we know De La Salle is loaded, and they are going to be right near the top of that preseason poll. Uh, A lot of places uh, out there already saying it's the number one team in the country. We'll find out next Saturday when we release that. But again, thank you uh, to all the coaches and players that have taken part in the show. And more importantly, uh, at 65,000 downloads, we thank everyone that listens to the show on a regular basis, whether it's live or via the download. So thank you for that. And we've got a big announcement coming up, by the way, also uh, at the beginning of August that we're very, very happy about a new partnership that we have, which will be uh, very exciting and make uh, big changes at High School Football America. So stay tuned for that. Want to uh, thank all of our partners that make everything possible here on the show, beginning with Echo 1612. Instant replay on your sidelines, no longer a dream, folks. Eight seconds after the play is done, Echo 1612, the guys at Echo, Chad Cargill and company, have created a system that's cost-effective and brings that replay right to your sideline on your iPad. Great thing is they've got cutting-edge technology. They, They invented this, so everybody's trying to catch up to them. You can get this by going to echo1612.com. No cellular plan needed, no data plan needed, no Wi-Fi needed. Folks, this is is the thing of the future. They're selling them like hotcakes each and every day. You're going to run into an opponent that has this, and boy, 
that's going to make a big difference for them. Don't be left out, echo1612.com. Make sure you go to Southern Sports, TDI Razor website, the TDI Razor, the debris inhibitor razor. Keep those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes with the TDI Razor, razor spelled R-A-Z-U-R.com. 23 great colors. It also saves you money on tape when it comes to spatting. If a lot of your players like to spat, it's expensive at $4 a roll, tape being $4 a roll. Go to TDIRazor.com. Get a discount on your order by putting in the code HSFA. And also brought to you tonight by Crossover. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's game film breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video, camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation infos that so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report, which is huge, down and distance report for your staff, so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing for a game. It's not about that time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to prep your time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. Crossover. You're going to love them. You can sign in for a quick free demo. Sign up for a quick free demo. Crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. Just go to High School Football America. You can click on all of our partners ads right there on the right hand side of the website and go exactly to where you need to to get all the information that you need so we thank all of them for being a part and uh, we're going to rush through this because the uh, two interviews with uh, Coach Negro and Coach uh, Wolf tonight will take a little bit of time. I want to remind everyone follow us on Twitter when we're not on the air at HSFB America on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high school football America. The two minute drill podcast. You can get it right on our website or free on iTunes. It's the greatest way to keep up with everything and uh, some great news that was breaking today. You can read on the website, uh, five-star recruit out of St. Thomas Aquinas, Nick Bosa, following his brother to Ohio State. You can read that on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. 49ers head coach Jim Tumsula from Western Pennsylvania. He loves going to high school football games on Friday night. Find out what he had to say about that yesterday on our website. And uh, we've got a lot of other great things on there. Another story we put up just yesterday, uh, people breaking down the uh, New York high school football scene, saying, boy, for the third biggest state in the nation, not a lot of prospects coming out of there. So uh, check it out. We've got a section that is state by state, so you can get all the information you need by going to highschoolfootballamerica.com. Okay, going to take our first break. When we come back, we're talking National Select 7-on-7 championship football with Chris Wolf. The team from Kentucky captured the gold in Hoover, Alabama last week, taking down the home team, the Buccaneers. We'll talk with Coach Wolf about the uh, National Select 7-on-7 tournament. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. 
This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. turf rubber pellets be gone. The debris inhibitor razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The debris inhibitor razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The debris inhibitor razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The debris inhibitor razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the debris inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. Listen up, football coaches. You need to check out a new scouting film solution called Crossover. That's Crossover with a K. Crossover Intelligence for Football gives you the edge you need to defeat your opponents. They not only break down and analyze scouting games for you, but they give you interactive tendency reports to diagnose your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any mobile device or PC, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Just transfer your scouting film from your existing video exchange service to the Crossover website, and in as little as 12 hours, your film will be completely indexed and tagged. Each play will become its own clip, allowing you to search the footage for anything you'd like. Their interactive down and distance reports will let you visualize your opponent's play calls in every situation or formation. Crossover Intelligence will give you the scouting edge you need to defeat your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash football to sign up for a quick five-minute demo to see how it can work for your team. 
That's crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Tony the Tiger reminding all you dads out there whenever you sit down and share your love and passion for the game of football, you do it with the kids over a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Well, this past weekend, uh, a lot of football being played down in Alabama with a lot of good football teams, teams that are going to find their way into the uh, national ranking services around the country, including ours. And uh, at the end of a day, at the end of the day, one team put itself in position to uh, maybe find itself in some national rankings before the year is out. The uh, National Select 7-on-7 played in Hoover, Alabama, 32 of the best teams in the country with uh 13 states being represented and winning the tournament, uh, coming through the winner's bracket, and then coming down to the end where they had to do a, a, a do-or-die battle with uh, the home team Hoover was Mail High School out of Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, Chris Wolf, the head coach there, entering his sixth season at Mail, is on the line to talk about what was a very exciting weekend. I'm imagining, Coach, you're still a little jacked up. Welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate it. We're, we're all kind of struggling through practice this morning, but it's great to be on the show and uh, looking forward to talking about the tournament. Well, let's uh, you know, let's kind of you know set the scene here for for everything. As I said, it's a it's a top notch field. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys have to travel a little bit of ways to get down there. So, tell me a little bit about the the goals going in. I mean, did you guys you know have it to to win it, or or, or did you just say, hey, we need to get ourselves in position for for fall practice coming up? Well, we have a talented class of twenty sixteen. Uh, Skill wise, uh, those guys were undefeated as freshmen. We're twelve and two. Many of them were starters as sophomores, 11-1 and one last year. So they've had success. Those guys are used to winning. There's three kids in the class with D1 offers. Uh, so it's a talented class. So um, the biggest problem we have in Kentucky is we, we go on a dead period uh, June 25th to July 9th. We're not allowed to do anything. And so we come out of that dead period, and a lot of teams in the South have been really ramped up their 7-on-7. So – this was our second tournament. The first tournament was kind of just to get us back in gear. Um, so we felt like we, we had learned a lot from the first tournament. That was in Dalton, uh, Georgia. And um, we made some corrections, and, and uh, we were going down there. We knew there was going to be some good teams down there, uh, but we had a lot of confidence in what we could do. We were just going to play our game, and just whatever happens, happens, I guess. On the line tonight on High School Football America, Chris Wolf, head coach uh, at uh, Louisville's Male High School, one of the best uh, high schools ever in high school football, uh, coming in uh, this year fourth in the all-time wins list in America. And Chris has done a great job. Uh, you, you mentioned that uh, the team you have coming back has done very well. I want to tell the listeners that you've had two really good seasons. Last year, a uh, perfect regular season, losing to eventual state champion, and everybody knows Trinity down there in uh, in the Louisville parts. Uh, lost to them in overtime in the in the playoffs, and then the year before that, uh, made it to the state semifinals in the uh, biggest classification in Kentucky. Scott County uh, defeated you in the state semifinals. So obviously, you've you've got some things rolling there at this point. Uh, before we get into the rest of the seven on seven, tell me a little bit about what you did because I know you've turned the program into a little bit different from before when you got there. Tell us a little bit about the foundation, what your philosophy is, wide open attack, and all that. Right. Well, when we first got there, we were actually a running team. Our first year in 2010, we went to the state finals. We were 6A state runner-up, lost to Trinity in the state finals. But uh, 
as I got there, and, and when you're in the program, it's a whole lot easier to kind of feel, you know, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, get a feel for who you got to beat and how to beat them. And, and you know, after uh, the 2010, I realized that uh, our strength is going to be we're going to have quarterbacks, and we can talk about our, our quarterback this year a little bit more later, but we're going to have dedicated quarterbacks in the program, guys that are going to work year-round, they're going to you know, be guys you can count on to make reads, to make throws. The de- you know, the dedicated kid um, that you can build an offense around. And we're going to have some speed and space guys. And so it made sense for us to take advantage of that year in and year out. Now, right now we're in a, a cycle of big linemen. We have a good defense and offensive line, big linemen. And, uh, but year in and year out we usually don't. And so we, the constant for us will be talented quarterbacks and speed and space. So that's where we move to uh, running a more spread, wide-open attack on offense, no huddle like a lot of teams, and hurry up. We're the fastest team that we see. Um, like I'm, I coach the defense. Uh, we're the fastest team that we see all year. So we feel like we're probably the fastest team in the state as far as snapping a ball and running plays and those kinds of things. Talking to uh, Chris Wolf tonight, male football in Kentucky, uh, winners of the National Select 7-on-7 seven seven this past weekend in Hoover, Alabama. You, you mentioned uh, your quarterback, Hayden Shelton, had a great tournament. Uh, you're going to have to replace a good one. I uh, noticed as I was getting ready for this that uh, Davis Mattingly uh, had a couple of good years for you guys. So tell us a little bit about uh, the shoes that uh, Hayden has to feel, fill and uh, ha- how well you think he's going to do and how well he did this past weekend. Well, a couple of things about Davis that people need to know. Davis was the 6A player of the year in the state of Kentucky. So the best player, as voted on by the other coaches, was the player of the year. He was the two-time district player of the year in 6A. And our district is by far the tough. I think I don't even think there's an art toughest district. We have Trinity. We have St. Xavier. We have DuPont Manual. Um, so – Hayden was sitting behind a guy who, and, and Davis is six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's now at the University of Kentucky. So, so Hayden was sitting behind a really talented kid. But uh, Hayden is a very talented kid. He does he throws the ball really well. Obviously, from the tournament, he's got a quick release. Um, he reads defenses very well. And the one thing you can't show in seven on seven is he, he's very mobile. He's on the track team. So. A lot of, you know, when you lose a 6A player of the year, a lot of people say, well, you know, they're not going to be the same. Uh, we return all of our starting receivers, and then we put in Hayden, and Hayden is an excellent quarterback. So, um, you know, we feel like we're not going to miss a beat. And the, the tournament kind of solidified that for me, or validated it, if you will, that Hayden, Hayden is going to be a guy where we can do all the stuff we did before and hopefully at a higher level now that the, a lot of these – Guys have been three-year starters. Their receivers are just better each year. Chris Wolf on the line tonight talking about uh, male high school, their win in the Nationals, select seven on seven. We're going to talk about the season coming up. You obviously hear that there's some pretty darn good talent there. Um, tell me a little bit about your philosophy. Obviously, as a wide-open offense, you guys must like the seven on seven. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of coaches that, that run the football still. I'm from the Pennsylvania area originally, and we, we're still mm-hmm. trying to figure out the forward pass. So tell me about seven on seven and how it translates into your fall camp. I mean, do you like it? Is it something that's good? Is it just kind of sometimes it's a little overrated what's your philosophy well if you, if you take it for what it is and it's working on your passing offense and, and you know the varieties in your pass offense you have your quick game you have a play action game we have some full field reads where you know you, you 
our quarterback can check down to the fifth progression, and we've had that happen before. So we use it within our offense. Um, the, you know, one of the things that people, if they saw us at the tournament, we we ran play action. Uh, we have some things that we do play action out of. So we, we're in the pistol set, and we run play action and, and throw the ball down the field. So we didn't get out of our offense uh, at all. We, we run the same plays. Uh, we see a big advantage in being able to give the quarterback reps. The, the biggest thing to be successful that I've found in throwing the ball, and I'm certainly not the passing guru, is you just got to give your quarterback as many possible reps and, and develop a rhythm with his receivers. And I have not found a better way to do that than a competitive seven-on-seven mm-hmm. where the defense is just geared to stop um, your offense. And the funny thing is that people would say, well, you're getting gimmick defenses because you don't see those in a regular season. Well, we do. We throw the ball so well <laughs> that we see seven-on-seven pass defenses in the regular season. So whatever they, you know, we have people that drop eight, so we even have tougher, tougher defenses to throw against us. Uh, in the regular season. So there's no better way to prepare your, your passing offense. And if you'll use, we still use the play action game, like I mentioned, um, to get those kind of reps in a high level of competition. And then the, the intangible part of it that the head coach notices guys coming together, you know, uh, the us against uh, them mentality here, we were down in Hoover, Alabama, we were the Kentucky school and people kept saying, where are you from? Where are you from? (laughs) And then having to face Hoover on their home field. Uh, was again a, a you know kind of a circle the wagons type of moment that coaches we love those kinds of things because it just brings your team together. So if you're asking what you can get out of seven on seven, you can get a lot out of seven on seven, particularly if you're the style of offense that does value the pass. Um, you know I see a, a huge uh, importance on seven on seven at least in our program, and it helps us through the regular season. Well, to quote Bob Dylan, as I tell my old-time coaching buddies out there, the times they are a change, and I think 7-on-7 seven seven is here to stay, and it does help. We're talking with uh, Chris Wolf tonight, head coach at Mayo High School in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, we're going to talk about that Hoover finale here in a second, but but tell me, and you had a couple impressive wins coming through the winner's bracket. You were the winner's bracket champion, uh, knocking off Oxford from Mississippi, Mallard Creek from North Carolina, two-time defending champ there. Uh, both of those teams finding their way into Max preps uh, preseason uh, early contenders poll at what point in the in the competition on Friday and Saturday did you feel like hey you know what this is coming together we got a shot here uh it was the McGill Tulin game uh McGill Tulin out of I think they're Mobile Alabama mm-hmm. um we started we had a strategy involved uh we knew that you know like you mentioned the Oxford Mississippi team and the Mallard Creek team that there were elite receivers down there, and, and the Oxford Mississippi team had a, had maybe three you know top notch receivers. But one of the things that we noticed was that they weren't rotating anybody. They would leave the five guys out there. We brought a second team, uh-huh. and uh, they're younger guys, but we would t- we would steal one or two series a game with our second team receivers, and it was a huge advantage. So our guys would get we get three or four series out of our ones, and and uh, one or two out of our twos, and we were able to stay fresh. And then defensively, strategy wise, we knew the first two drives it would be difficult to get a stop, but we wanted to force the other team to throw nine times. Those receivers had to come out of those stances nine times, and uh, get a maximum number of plays to score. And then by the third drive, 
those great five-star receivers, they were just gassed. They were just gassed. I mean, we have two corners. One of them's 5'10", the other one's 5'6". And uh, they're good athletes, but when you're going against a 6'2", 6'3", receiver, like the kid from uh, Oxford, it, it was pretty tough. But when you get to the third drive or fourth drive, um, and you've made them come out of their stands 20-something times in 97-degree heat, um, and it's the third or fourth game of the day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we started to see an advantage. So we kind of played that strategy offensively and defensively. All, defensively, you know, our defense was, hey, bend but don't break. Make them complete, complete, complete. Come out of their stance, and then we'll take a few. When it gets compressed, the field gets compressed, then we'll take a couple chances on stopping that short throw and that kind of thing. And that kind of played out all day. And I kept talking to my uh, my, my twos, and I said, you guys are so valuable today because you're the best ones out here. Mm-hmm. And, and I have a you know a kid that's going to be a sophomore receiver. He gets on the field, and he's fresh. He runs a post route, and he beats the, the DB by 15 yards. Um, but it's having those fresh legs out there and having that depth. And and the other thing as a coach, you got to trust. You're taking these D1 guys that we have. We have three D1 kids with offers in that first group and putting in guys who are sophomores and just saying, hey, we trust you. You're fresh. Go out and play. And they went out and made plays. And we had many of them caught touchdown passes. Uh, so that was huge for us. And I really did not see any other team doing that. Hmm, interesting. And by, by the way, you're building depth in the process with that philosophy when you when you lose those kids to college. Uh, on the line tonight on High School Football America is Chris Wolf, the head coach at Mail High School in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, winning the National Select 7-on-7. Seven seven. We're going to look ahead to some of those, uh, those names here in just a second, but let's wrap up the 7-on-7. Seven seven. Like you mentioned earlier, you get that, that opportunity at 7-on-7, seven seven, but Hoover, Alabama, the team in Alabama for a long time, and they've got to beat you twice. They do it the first time, and then you get a winner-take-all type of matchup there. Tell me a little bit about um, that going on. I mean, you got you got to go uh-oh when you're playing Hoover in the home field, whether you've got pads or not. <laughs> well, we jumped out. You know, uh, we jumped out on them. We scored on the very first play. We, we had actually scored on the first play several times in that tournament. Um, we scored on the first, te- first play, which is huge uh, for us momentum-wise. And so we led in both games. We had – a 10-point lead in both games and, um, you know, just couldn't finish out the first game. Uh, the first game they had to go for two, um, and they went for two and made the play. If we stopped it there, we'd have been done with the first game. But, again, give them credit. They made the plays when they had to make them. Um, but we felt like, you know, in, in those games that, you know, we were the better team, at least after the first game. Um, but they made the plays in the end, so our guys just – the second game was similar. We jumped out again, but we were able to keep some space. They came back and, and um, you know, cut it to 20 to 16, but it was under a minute. We had many times throughout the day where our offense got the ball with under a minute, and so we had a strategy on how, how to win that game in under a minute. And you go to those go-to plays, just got to complete a, few, a couple passes, you got to stay in bounds, all that kind of stuff. And so we had executed that really well throughout the day. And so once we got to that point, I could just see my receivers. They'd come to me, so we got this. We got it. Let's go. Let's take care of business. So, you know, when you play 14 games, you've, you've seen every situation. We won two games on the very last play with an interception where um, it was we were um, tied and they were driving. And uh, last play of the game, we intercepted. We beat Hillsborough, um, who beat us in pool play. 
But we beat them on the last play in overtime with an interception for the Mike linebacker. So uh, when you get so when we got to Hoover, actually we had been in so many kind of nail biters. I guess I, I don't think the kids were intimidated one bit. It was just a matter of continuing to do what we do and uh, try to execute, knowing that everybody we played has players that can make plays, and we've seen them. And so it's just a matter, you know, which team's going to be able to to make the the last one. And in that last game, our guys held on. They were confident and uh, was able to pull out the win. And uh, take some nice momentum into uh, practices and and camp. And tell me a little bit about the return home and uh, putting the team back together, everybody there. There had to be a pretty big celebration. How do you build on the uh, the momentum of the the National Select 7-on-7 gold medal? Well, the biggest thing I heard from my seniors was that, you know, we really finished. And, you know, we you mentioned earlier, we've been close the last two years. Um, you, know, you know, we had we beat Trinity in the regular season, of course, and then, and, and then the playoff game, it went to overtime. And, you know, anytime it goes to overtime, it's anybody's game. Uh, and then the year before that, we, we felt like uh, we just put out a clunker in the state semis, maybe, uh, you know, just uh, not ready for that kind of pressure. Um, so these guys were really just like now they've just got to finish. And so I heard them talking to each other. We finally finished. We finally finished. We did, you know, you know, we took it to the end. We won it. You know, this is just the first step. Uh, and then some of that, I know people say it's just seven on seven. Yeah, it is. It's not real football, but the mental aspect of that is real. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is uh, the building, the team building is real. Um, the finishing, the running, the routes. You know, all of that stuff is real. So, you don't, you know, people want to dismiss it or the people who don't really um, do it, and that's fine. Everybody's got their own philosophy for, for what they want to do. But uh, I've seen a real value for it, uh, not just from running plays and throwing things, but the mental aspect and the character building with the players with one another. They start to trust. Just like I mentioned, those second-team offensive guys, you don't think that Warren's now – can look at those guys and say, all right, I, I need a break and know that he's going to step in and make a play, and that kid is going to have confidence now that he's done it uh, at these tournaments. So, you know, there's just, um, just a lot to be said for that. And so we think it's a huge springboard for us and what we want to do. Coach Chris Wolf on the uh, line tonight. Male High School out of Kentucky, uh, Louisville. They are uh, they've been good for a long, long time. We're going to talk about their big rivalry game at the end here. But uh, you've been kind of beating around the bush there. You, I know you're chomping at the bit to get some of these kids' names in here that uh, have those offers and some of the kids up front. I, I love talking about the big guys. So let's start on offense first. Who are some of the kids that you're expecting big things from that can lead you back to that uh, kind of championship game situation for you this year? Well, I think the one that everybody talks about, his name is Keon Wakefield. Keon's been a four-year starter for us. He started at DB as a freshman, and we moved him to receiver. He was All-State last year. He's got seven uh, seven offers, Division One: Louisville, Kentucky, Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, Cincinnati. Um, and uh, he's going to make his decision on Thursday, I believe. Um, so he's finally decided what he wants to do. But he's a guy that's uh, been a 40-catch guy each year for us, six to 800 yards and uh, returns punts. Uh, Zachary Smith is a senior, a 2016 kid also. He's got offers from Southern Illinois and SEMO. Was a 40-cat, 600-yard guy last year. Also returned uh, four kicks for touchdown, including a 99-yard touchdown return in the uh, 
the big uh, playoff game against Trinity, he was the guy that if you if you've seen the final game against Hoover, uh, he scored on the first play and then they tried to bracket him, uh, which allowed Keon to get open. So those two kind of feed off of one another. Uh, running back Devin Gentry, who also also has offers from uh, Austin P, uh, Southern Illinois, Simo. Uh, Devin is one of the best track athletes in the state. He's a 10-7-4, 100-meter guy. He's a 40-inch vertical guy. Um, he won the state in the uh, long jump, I think 23 feet, 4 inches, something like that. Just an incredible athlete. Uh, and he's our running back. And so he was a, a huge value to have a 10-7 guy that could come out of the backfield and run right down the middle of the field and uh, catch the ball. So those three, and then I mentioned Hayden, who's a first-year starter quarterback, Hayden Shelton. But really, he's got all the tools to be successful. On the line, uh, we've got two big guards, Noah Bringer, who's 6'2", 315, Isaiah Arnold, who's 6'3", 360 pounds. Both of those guys have been three-year starters. So offensively, um, you know, and here I'm missing the one guy, Ethan Britt, who's my tight end. Ethan was all-district tight end last year, uh, scored a 35 on the ACT and is a 4.2 GPA, three-year starter, 6'200 kid who, um, for our offense, plays the Y. But he's tough enough to put his hand down and, and block defensive ends, and, and he can uh, he'll detach out and, and catch the ball over the middle. So we've got a lot of guys back. Those, all those guys have played a ton for us. And uh, so things look really good offensively. Tell me a little bit about up front, though, because, again, like you said, it, it, you can get it all done, but if nobody's blocking and keeping guys off the quarterback or anything like that, it doesn't work. So let's get those guys that don't get the notoriety, get their names in there. Go uh, go right, left, left, right, however you want to do it. I want to hear them all. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, on, the, on the right side, uh, we're probably going to – we're still kind of figuring out what we want to do at right tackle, but we think it's going to be a kid, Chris Perkins, a six-foot, 260 guy, right guard, probably Isaiah Arnold, the kid I just mentioned who's been all district. For a while, six six two three sixty. Uh, center's probably going to be a kid named James Hurrigan. Uh, James is a smaller kid, but incredibly athletic. Probably about a five ten, uh, two thirty kid. Left guard Noah Bringer, who's been a three year starter for his captain, six two three fifteen. Uh, and then left tackle, he returns Tyler Buckner, who's a six foot one, two hundred sixty pound kid. So we are big on the offensive line. Oh uh, yeah. The center is the smallest. <laughs> the center is the smallest at five ten, two thirty. But, uh, you know, you got two 300-pounders and two 260-pounders um, and, uh, four, you know, three guys that have started last year. So um, feel good about that. Make you happy. And I uh, know earlier in the interview you said, you know, you're the defensive guy there. You're, uh, you're always uh, facing the fastest team there in your own offense. Tell us about uh, the kids that you have that can stop the opponents to get this team, uh, you know, deep into the playoffs again this year. Well, the, the biggest thing for us is we return our best defensive player who ended up only playing one game last year, got hurt in the second game. His name is Marcus Davis. As a sophomore, 15 years old, Marcus was was uh, the leading tackler on our defense, playing defensive end. Um, and uh, we lost him last year for virtually the whole season in the second game. He'll be back. Uh, he is a game changer for us. He's six foot two, 250-pound uh, defensive end with a high motor, long arms, and can really run. Uh, so having him back is going to be huge. And up front, we have everybody back. Paul Blinko plays D-tackle, six foot one, 280 pounds, great uh, plugger up front. Um, we also have Tony Smizer, who started at nose guard for us. He's a 5'10", 235-pound kid. 
also with a great motor, gets to the ball. Um, Zach Hall, who plays uh, our hybrid outside linebacker, linebacker, six foot one, two hundred thirty-five pounds. Uh, Jack Kersey, which is a perfect linebacker name, and he is a linebacker. <laughs> uh, he'll play inside linebacker. Jack's a six foot, two hundred and twenty-pound kid. Started last year for us. In the secondary, we got two all-district guys back. Our corner, Demetrius Holt, um, who's a four-four-five guy and uh, uh, has a great motor. Plays uh, plays a corner. And James Todd, who's our free safety, covers the middle field. He's a you know five-ten, one-sixty kid. We have a, a junior a corner in Nate Hobbs, who also plays basketball. So he's extremely athletic. Um, so he's going to be a big help. And both of our outside safeties. Both of them intercepted passes in big games last year. Uh, Blake Pierce and uh, Cameron Cuff are both back on the defense. So a lot of experience back on defense, too. So uh, they get they get a lot of work against this offense in practice. <laughs> so it helps them quite a bit. Yeah, it's good. Chris Wolf on the line, male football, talking about it tonight on High School Football America out of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, one thing came to my mind as I was preparing for this. Uh, here you guys are, a public school, uh, uh, Trinity and St. X. They've, they've been getting some notoriety in the national and all that. Uh, how do you break through? A lot of people complaining public versus private. How do, how do you guys break through the clutter? Because you had a big year beating them last year uh, in the regular season and all that. So, so how have you been able to accomplish that? Yeah, well, we've we've beaten Trinity three of the last four games, and we've beaten St. X three in a row, just to make sure we got together. <laughs> that's okay. No, you, you can brag. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, you know, that's a great point. And uh, we have a philosophy. Our philosophy is uh, those that complain are not going to get it done. So mm. the best way to beat those guys is to quit complaining about it because uh, all that does is suck mental and physical energy out of you. So we, we just coordinate our energies in, in, in getting better and focusing on uh, um, being successful against those people and let other people complain about the public-private. We There's obviously differences. There's advantages. You know, there's not Title IX. There's all that. We could go through a litany of things that the difference is, but what is that going to do? How is that going to help you be successful? So, you know, our philosophy is, you know, if you can't change it, then don't worry about it. Focus <laughs> on yourself and uh, make us the best we can be. Uh, we we think about our opponents. We study them in the off season. We we game plan for them. We have schemes that are designed to attack what we think will be successful. But but that's in the football realm. The thing outside of football we can't control, so we don't think about it. And I, and I truly I say that we don't we don't worry about it. We don't complain about it. You know, tell us who whose district we're in and who we who we can play and who we got to beat and all that kind of stuff, and let us go and work on it. Just get it done on the field is the best way to put it. Chris Wolf on the line, male high school uh, out of Kentucky, out of Louisville, talking about uh, the program and uh, their big win uh, this past weekend in the National Select 7-on-7. Seven seven. Before we let you go here, I mentioned it earlier, uh, you got that uh, that rivalry game against uh, Manuel, and uh, it's called the old rivalry. It goes back to 1893. Tell us a little bit about that. Educate us. How, how good is that? How intense is it? Is it one of those things that uh, just, you know, circle that? one every year it's unreal if you want to see a high school football game at a high school venue you know we're not talking a college stadium or a pro stadium in a high school venue our 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 stadium seats 10,000 we had 11,000 there last year we had people that couldn't get out of our parking lot for two and a half hours I mean it is it is wall-to-wall people and it's you know 10 deep around the track it's uh it's a crazy atmosphere and it's a whole week for us I mean it's 
you know, the tradition of these two teams playing um, is, is amazing. When you when you listen to the stories of, you know, playing since 1893 is an absolutely nuts. And then, you know, one <laughs> of the things about Mail is we, we have the H as our logo, and people are always like, H, why not an M? Well, you know, back in the day, it was Mail, mail and Manual, and then, uh, you know, you didn't need a uh, – you didn't need two M's, so Mail was the first school, and so they took the H at the high school in the, in the town, and the Manual took the M. So it's uh, it's a pretty unique rivalry, and the intensity is is just unreal. And uh, of course, we won last year. We got the barrel back. We do have a barrel that we play for, so there's you know all, everything that goes around with that, and the kids chirp about it year round. So uh, it's it's an experience, and as a high school football player and a high school coach. It's a blessing to be able to participate in something that has that kind of tradition and has that kind of legend to it. Uh, you know, not everybody gets to do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's involved in it. So to be able to be in that situation is really a blessing for the coaches and players, and we and, and they appreciate it and they understand that they're they're a lucky group to get to do it. Like the history lesson there on the uh, on the M and the H, that's a good one. And coach, let's wrap up with uh, you talked about the kids, you know, getting maybe over the hump on finishing and all that. What are some of the things you believe at this point here in July that this team has to do to reach the goals that you think they can, which are pretty pretty lofty, I would think, at, at this point in the season. Well, they are, and one thing is just not to think about it as the lofty goal, and it's the boring, mundane type of. It, you know, that you hear coach speak all the time, but Mm -hmm. really what can you control is what you can control today. And we try to do something every day to make us a little bit better. Maybe it's get more flexible. Maybe it's better conditioning. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, maybe we go in the jugs machine a a second time, but it, it really is the small little things every day eventually add up to huge gains. And that's all you can do. You can only focus on the, the prospect of today. And I think everybody hears that quite a bit. Um, but those of us that are in coaching realize it's about the only way to handle it. Uh, you give these kids too big a picture, and it'd be just the pressure would just bury them. Oh yeah, well you know as they say, coach speak exists for a reason. It's just like stereotypes do. Uh, it's usually because they're right for the most part. Coach, we really yeah, appreciate right. you. We appreciate you taking the time uh, to to join us on the show, educating us a lot about uh, your your program and your school there. And uh, uh, great success to you in 2015. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Very welcome. Taking a break, coming back with more. You're listening to High School Football America, brought to you by Echo 1612. Get instant replay on your sideline, on your iPad, eight seconds after the play ends. It's all cost-effective, done without Wi-Fi or a data plan. We'll be right back. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes, the future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. 
The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. turf rubber pellets be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. Listen up, football coaches. You need to check out a new scouting film solution called Crossover. That's Crossover with a K. Crossover Intelligence for Football gives you the edge you need to defeat your opponents. They not only break down and analyze scouting games for you, but they give you interactive tendency reports to diagnose your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any mobile device or PC, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Just transfer your scouting film from your existing video exchange service to the Crossover website, and in as little as 12 hours, your film will be completely indexed and tagged. Each play will become its own clip, allowing you to search the footage for anything you'd like. Their interactive down and distance reports will let you visualize your opponent's play calls in every situation or formation. Crossover Intelligence will give you the scouting edge you need to defeat your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash football to sign up for a quick five-minute demo to see how it can work for your team. That's Crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by Echo 1612. Coaches get instant replay on an iPad on your sideline. Eight seconds 
after the play ends without Wi-Fi, a cellular connection, or a data plan. Learn more at Echo1612.com. All right, well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the High School Football America preseason top 25 coming out a week from this Saturday, August the 1st, uh, using once again this year for the third straight year our proprietary algorithm. And uh, what better way to uh, get ready for the release of that than uh, talk about one of the teams that will be in it. I'm not giving anything away. I'm not saying how high, how low, but I'm going to tell you that uh, St. John Bosco out here in Southern California, Bellflower, California, under uh, head coach Jason Negro will once again be in the mix. And why not? Uh, a couple of years ago, a perfect season, 16-0, and a state championship in California, finished number two overall in our national top 25. And last year, another great year, finished number 15, a couple of losses to uh, two teams that were very, very good themselves in Bishop Gorman and Corona Centennial. The uh, Braves, three straight undefeated seasons in the Trinity League, and that's tough to do one year, to do it three years in a row. Not bad. They've got a tough national schedule once again this year, and Coach Negro is on the line to talk about uh, the Braves 2015 style. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. I really appreciate you having me, and uh, you know it's an exciting time of year as we get ready for this 2015 season. I'm sure the blood is pumping. You had a pretty good uh, seven-on-seven summer season there, and I, I guess let's start with this. Uh, with the blood flowing, you, you start hearing the things I just said there: three straight undefeated seasons in the Trinity League, all you know, the state championship, the national rankings, not only with us, with with a lot of uh, the the organizations out there. Um, uh, being an alum of the school, when you hear that, I mean, ha- have you had a chance to sit back and? go wow we've done some special things here since 2010 yeah you know i I think so and when you have a time in the off season like we've had you know since january to sit back and reflect on what we've been able to accomplish it's it's certainly um really gratifying and it's satisfying to know that that all the hard work and all the efforts that we're putting in as a coaching staff the players and our administration is paying off and you know as you know as a high school football coach we spend a lot of time away from our families you know anytime from july all the way through december in our case mm-hmm. and you know it's just really kind of gives us a um you know, just just something that, to to look back upon and say, man, maybe it's all that work is worth it. So it's really exciting to think about the accomplishments, and and we believe we've only scratched the surface on the success that we're going to have here at Bosco. Jason Negro on the line tonight, High School Football America, St. John Bosco Braves, going to be in the top twenty-five when it's released next week. And let's let's dive into it. Um, a, a great run last year, a, a tough schedule this year. So uh, let's first talk about the the summer season. You've had uh, you came, you won the the Surf City seven on seven. And- in Huntington Beach a couple of weeks ago now, I guess, and uh, before that, pretty good run at the, uh, the the battle at the beach in Edison. Uh, how happy are you with uh, with the summer game and what that's done to get you ready for fall camp? You know, I mean, I think it's something that we're really excited about. Uh, you know, the seven-on-seven circuit out here in California is, it played at a super high level. And most the biggest reason why is because these kids play year-round. I mean, with the weather that we have, our kids are playing on all-star teams from January all the way through June. And then once we get them here in the summer, then we kind of do our team concept and, and, and we go start competing against you know, some of the better high schools and some of the elite competition here in Southern California. So when you're able to go out there and be successful and you're able to, you know, see what your kind of your new team looks like, you know, we graduated some pretty talented players last year. And for us to be able to see and evaluate some of the up and coming kids and how they're going to be able to translate into the season, um, it's pretty exciting for us. And we have, we've played super well this summer. You know, our quarterbacks have done a pretty good job, and we're super talented on the defensive side of the ball. We have a lot of returners on that area. I think we're going to be pretty, 
you know, stout on that side. And I think our receivers are pretty good as well. And we've got a lot of young kids. So um, the future's bright. I think the current you know, group that we have is going to put a pretty good run together. And if we could put it all together in the fall, I think it's going to um, translate to a pretty successful season for us. Okay, let's then break it down. Uh, everyone knows that uh, Josh, Josh Rosen was incredible for you guys. He's now on to UCLA. So let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, you told me before we started rolling tape here that you got to sort some things out, but you might have a front runner going into camp. So tell us who the kids are that are competing for Josh's uh, position now after a three-year run for him. You know, it's, uh, Josh was a tremendous player, and there's no getting around that we're going to miss him and we're going to miss his skills. And, you know, so much more of Josh's talents were just on the football field. He did a great job off the field, um, you know, being a leader here on campus and being a leader in our locker room. And, you know, so that's a, it's a lot that we're going to have to replace. But I think we have some pretty good kids that are, that are ready to step up. And we have a senior and, and three sophomores that are kind of battling for, the, for that, uh, you know, starting spot. And I think the senior, who's Quentin Davis, you know, kind of has the inside track of getting that job. He's done a great great work this summer in in the summer passing league circuit and i'm really pleased with his performance but we got three sophomores that are right on his heels and and you know and and we're a program that we you know constantly are talking about competing and and just because you have a job to start the season doesn't necessarily mean you're going to end it that way we're going to put our kids in the best position to win ball games and the guys that give us the best chance to do that are going to be the guys so you know whether it's real mitchell or jack alexander or julian boyd whoever those three sophomores are to come and kind of compete with Quentin and um, you know it, it's it's still going to be an evolving process and we're going to continue to do that through the season but I think right now Quentin's got the inside track. Jason Negro on the line tonight uh, head coach at St. John Bosco here in Southern California a program that he has built it's his alma mater and uh, he's built it since 2010 and again three straight undefeated seasons in the Trinity League uh, you know obviously Sean McGrew coming back uh, all-state player just kind of a great athlete uh, can do it all for you guys but before we get to, to what Sean does I, I think he can't do it without what you told me a couple of months ago is a pretty darn big front front line there tell us a little bit about the offensive line and some of the kids that you like that are going to be opening holes for Sean yeah you know we're really excited about that group I think this could be the best group that we've had you know maybe ever and it's it's especially going to be compared to that 2013 group so we're 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 very big and physical guys up front you know and the nice thing is is four of the five guys are back from last year um, you know, starting at the left tackle, Wyatt Davis, is, you know, he's a five-star offensive tackle. It's going to be a junior. Our left guard, Ben Holmes, is back. I mean, he's been really helpful for us as well. He started last year, so that's two guys on the left side of the ball. Our center is back. He's going to be a senior. Um, Matt Smith is, is a tremendous player, and he's a real smart kid, and that's what you need at that position. And then Tavita Moe and, and Joe Murphy are the two uh, guys on the right side at the guard and tackle spots. Um, we're again, we're big and physical. We we just did it the other day, and we averaged six three three twenty two uh, <laughs> at our line spot. So we're pretty large, you know. But a little bit of it is we're a little too big. So we we got to cut some weight on some of those guys and get them down. And I think with the tempo of the offense that we run and what we're going to accomplish here in the summer when we get into fall camp. Um, in terms of our conditioning program, we'll get them where we need them to be. And I think we could be pretty good. And having Sean back at the running back spot for the third straight year, and, and you know, he's probably one of the best backs in the state without question, I, I think it's safe to say we're going to run the ball a little bit this year. I had a chance to uh, talk to him uh, when he made his verbal commitment to Washington a couple of months ago, and I was really impressed with how you know just polite and down to earth and focused and, and willing to spread kind of the the love as all running backs should to the offensive line. Uh, let it, let us know how good Sean is. Uh, obviously, the best in the state says a lot, but what makes him that type of player? 
You know, I think his work ethic is, is one of the things, and it's humility. I mean, Sean's a super uh, humble guy. You know, he's not the biggest in stature, and I think that's something that really drives him. You know, he, we did our heights and weights the other day, and he's, you know, he's 5'9", about 175, uh, but he's a physical-type runner. He's obviously got the speed. He finished second in the state in the 100 meters this year as a junior. Uh, so, obviously, you know, it kind of translates how he runs on the track is how he's going to run on the football field. Uh, but his humility and the way he approaches the game is just great. I mean, he understands, you know, the reason why he's successful is because what we do offensively and what he has up in front uh, with the offensive line. So for him to be able to understand that and know that it's not all about him, it just makes him a great player. And as long as he continues to do that, he's going to have a super successful career, not only in high school but also at the college level because he's just one of those guys that gets it. You know, so many times athletes nowadays are all focused on themselves and all about them, and they would rather their stats being through the roof rather than win games, and that's totally opposite of Sean. And it's just great for us to be able to use him as a role model and for him to be able to say, look, this is the kind of guy that we want in our program, somebody that's going to really you know, play for the team and not for themselves. And I think that's the reason why you know, someone's looking down on him and saying you know, you're going to be this kind of player. Talking uh, St. John Bosco Braves football tonight on High School Football America. Head coach Jason Negro on the line. Let's flip to the other side. Another chat we had a couple of months ago was about that uh, that secondary, and you had a pretty good one a couple of years ago as well. And I think your your words at that point were, you know what, they can they can be like that 2013 group. So tell us about those players and and how they have shaped up over the summer, and and do you think they can live up to that uh, 2013 group? You know, I, I really do. I mean, I think that they can be as equally talented. Um, you know, they certainly on paper have the same accolades. I mean, all four kids currently right now have Division One offers, and all four of them have, um, you know, the opportunity to even, you know, strengthen their hold on that, who's the best secondary ever at Bosco, because, you know, they still have a year to go out there and play and, and, and prove what they can do. You know, now, again, this is a team sport, and I think our kids understand that. So, you know, the one thing that 13 group has over them is if they have the hardware. <laughs> you know, they have the 16-0, and 0, they have the state championship, and they have the rings to prove it. So these guys still have to go out and try to accomplish what they did. And, again, it's not about individual goals. It's about the team game, and I think these guys are really hungry. Um, you know, coming off of last year's season, they're hungry to go out there and try to prove that, that they're as talented as they are. And, you know, for them, it's really good because our defense took a lot of shots last year because we had to replace, you know, 10 starters off that 2013 team. And these guys all kind of, you know, took it on the chin a little bit in the media. And well, why aren't they as good as the 13 team, blah, blah, blah. Well, now in 2015, they're going to have that opportunity to show what they can do. Jason Negro on the line tonight, St. John Bosco's head coach here in Southern California. And once again, coach, a, a cupcake schedule. You've got the Trinity Lee, which, which we know is horrible. And uh, then yeah. let's see, a team from Oregon, Central Catholic, pretty good. A trip way back east to uh, St. Peter's Prep, state champ there. Um, t- tell me a little bit about how you're going to approach this. I know you're going to give me a little coach speak here, a game at a yeah. time. But 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 yeah. aside from that, what, what else do you have to do to keep this team focused on that week-to-week uh, that situation? You know what I mean? It's just that. I know it's cliche, but um, a good friend of mine, you know, who who was at Gorman, Tony Sanchez, you know, and I would talk about it all the time. And it is, it's a game at a time approach. And, and we would talk about it constantly. You know, last year he went through that whole thing, going undefeated and, and trying to win himself a national title. And we did it and tried to do that in 2013. You know, so we talk a lot about that game, one game at a time approach. And I think that's something that we really live by. You have to be that way 
with playing the schedule that we play. We just don't have the opportunity to say, okay, we're going to circle this date on our calendar and we're going to gear up for that because if we do that, we're going to get beat two or three times, you know, leading up to it. And, and we certainly don't want to do that. Uh, our approach is basically is uh, we're going to take it as a weekly test. We're going to prepare as hard as we possibly can for the opponent that we're going to play, and we're going to go out there and try to play at the highest level that we can and worry about ourselves. We don't ever worry about our opponents. We don't ever worry about who we're playing or, or try to get geared up for one game because we understand to have to go through the Trinity League and, and try to play those five weeks thinking ahead, there's no way that you can handle it. And then we have to get into the Pac-5 playoffs, which are probably as competitive as any playoff bracket in the country. So we know and understand you know, what we have to do, and if we're able to get through the Trinity League, get through the Pac-5 playoffs, and then we got Dale South sitting there at the end, I mean, that's, that, that's quite a tall task. So if anybody's able to go through that and, and get to that point and, and ultimately beat Dale South, you know, that, those are pretty lofty expectations. And if you're trying to sit there and say, we're going to circle De La Salle at the end of the thing, you're never going to get there. So the reason why uh, we take it one game and approach is for us to not overlook anybody because anybody on our schedule is certainly quality enough opponent to, to beat us. And we, we don't want to allow that to happen. St. John Bosco football and high school football America tonight with Jason Negro. Um, the sister school there uh, back east, uh, Don Bosco, that's where you're going to play St. Peter's Prep. And it's not so much about that game, but uh, last year you guys flew to Hawaii, which is a long flight. Tell me a little bit about how that helps you because, you know, in the case of going to Hawaii, you're picking up some time. Going east, you're sure. losing three hours. So how, how do, have you thought about that? I know, I know again, you're, you're not looking that far ahead, but for the travel purposes and how you get these high school kids ready to do that, it's got to be a, a, a task. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you know, we're certainly no strangers to travel. We've done it, you know, for the four or five years that I've been here. We want to try to at least take one travel trip every year, and we're going to continue to do that because we think our kids really enjoy it. And, again, our, our whole idea and the model behind our school is a college preparatory school, so we want to try to get these kids ready for college. So traveling is not an issue. You know, I think the biggest thing is is I think – for myself is I'm not afraid to try to call some people and figure out, you know, how it's done and, and what's the best way of doing it. You know, when we were going back to New Jersey, I went and spent some time with Bob Johnson over at Mission Viejo because they went back and played at Don Bosco a few years back. I've called Justin Allenbaugh over at De La Salle. I know he's gone back east and played. So I just called those guys and asked them, what do you guys do? When do you leave? How do you, you know, approach, you know, the, the social activities that you're doing and things like that. And if you just talk to some people that have done it and obviously have been successful at it, it just makes it a little bit easier uh, for us. So I, I think we have a pretty good game plan ahead. We've been planning since January for this trip. Uh, we're going to leave out on Tuesday, and we don't play till Saturday. So I think it's going to give us plenty enough time to acclimate to the time change. And I think we'll be ready. It's just what our kids know and they understand. And by the time the game kicks off, um, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's West Coast time or East Coast time. We just know we've got a football game to play and against a pretty good opponent, and we'll be ready. All right, that sounds pretty pretty simple. Jason Negro on the line tonight, St. <laughs> John Bosco Braves. We're going to wrap up with a question here. It's unfair, but I'm going to I'm going to let you be be a media person here for a second. Sure. Uh, you you know what's in the Trinity League. There's no surprise. You know the teams. You know the names and all that. Can you give us a quick handicap? Obviously, you guys have a lot of talent. Uh, Three time defending champs. Where does the pressure come from, or or don't you even take the time to do that uh, at at this point in the season? I'm sure you know a little bit though. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely think there's pressures there. We, we, you know, ultimately you want to win games, and you know that when you've had success, you know, you got a big target on your chest and everybody's kind of gunning for you. We've done a pretty good thing for the last three years, and 
um, it's tough to do. And, and if you look back, you know, I mean, I think it was right before we kind of gone on this run, Servi had a run of they won it like seven straight years, something like that. But, you know, and they had a 19-game winning streak going through during that time in the Trinity League, which, you know, we're right now we're currently sitting at 16 straight wins. So, you know, our goal is to try to go out and win the 17th, 18th, 19th, and, and try to run, you know, through the league the best way we can. And, and it, it's super difficult. I don't think what people don't really understand is the physicality of it and what it takes mentally for your kids to have to prepare to play five straight games. There are no weeks off, and I know that sounds cliche, but there really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, if you understand and you know what we have to go through in our league, um, and the number one, and the number of Division One players that we're constantly playing against each and every week, and the level of coaching that we have, it's quite a tall task. And for us to be able to accomplish this, you know, we do have to take that one game approach um, each and every week, and, and we do have to be ready. And you have to have some luck. You have to stay healthy. The ball has to bounce your way a few times, and you got to get some calls from the officials, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of factors that that play into it, but we're certainly going to compete as hard as we possibly can and continue to try to win games in this competitive league. Yeah, and I'm going to push you one more time here. Can, can you mm-hmm. get, who, where, where, where does the pressure come from? Who, aside from St. John Bosco, who else do you think is at the top near you guys this year if you are to get that fourth straight? You know, I, I think uh, obviously, I mean, you know, I'll say it, I think anybody in the league can be anybody on any night, but I think the front runners going into it, you always have to look at modern day. They've done a tremendous job and they've had a lot of consistency, probably the most consistent team in the league from year in and year out, and Coach Rollinson does a tremendous job there. I think that Santa Margarita's got the most seasoned quarterback coming back, uh, you know, with K.J. Costello and, and Coach Curtis over there. It's, it's his second year, so he's going to kind of have his feet wet, and he understands what it's like, and they've got some pretty talented kids that have come in this off season that I think are going to help them. And I think that the team that, that nobody better sleep on and everybody better prepare for is Orange Lutheran. I know they, they struggled last year, but Coach Peterson's done a tremendous job. L.J. Northington's coming back at quarterback. The offense that they run is extremely difficult to stop, and they had a lot of close games last year. And I think with the amount of returners that they have with, you know, the you know kind of the – um, underdog mentality that I'm sure they're going to come into the season with. That That's a team I think right now that maybe scares me the most is Orange Lutheran because I think that they're the hungriest group and I think they're the closest team to turning the corner in the league. Great job. I, I, when you when you hang up the coaching whistle there, you're going to have to go into being an analyst for high school <laughs> football for us. But, Coach, uh, thank you. Uh, you were one of the first to, to run, kind of welcome us when we moved to Southern California here. We appreciate sure. the relationship, and it's been fun to watch what you've been able to do since we got out here in 2012 and, and, and continued success and best of luck in the season. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I really appreciate being on your program, and everything that you do for high school athletics is, is really tremendous, and keep up the great work. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, that will do it for tonight's show. I want to thank uh, Jason Negro and Chris Wolf of Male High School for joining us on the show tonight, starting year number five again. A week from Saturday, we release our preseason High School Football America Top 25. want to thank all of our partners on the show tonight, beginning with Echo 1612, Crossover, and the TDI Razor folks. Please uh, patronize them. Great companies doing great things in the world of high school sports. All right, that's going to do it for now. We go away for a week, but don't forget, you can keep up with all the news by following us on social media at Twitter, HSFB America is our handle, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash high school football America, and also on the two-minute drill that you can listen to on the website or free on iTunes. For now, this is Jeff Fisher saying good night and good sports from sunny Southern California. You've been listening to High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network.